yeah. Smith's the Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew, yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Uh. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah, lock on. Welcome again to the uh, FSP Crew Show. I am your host, JT, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Jeff the Joker, and we make up the FSP Crew right now. Uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220. It's a place to be if you wanted to talk to Jeff or me. We've got a great show in store for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about two Sunday matchups. Um, ironically, and I, I can't recall how often it happens, but it happens this week, this this year. Uh, in the AFC, the one and two seed. In the NFC, the one and two seed. Um, almost uh, both teams. Almost, almost, not quite but mirror images of each other. And uh, to me, not maybe not to maybe most, but to me, this is a, a toss-up in both of these games. I also want to talk about uh, a, a, a musician, and this is the first thing I'm going to talk about uh, before we uh, kick the show off and talk, talk, talk about sports. Over the last few weeks, there's some high-profile uh, musicians and, and stars that have passed away. Um, and uh, I don't think we talked about it last week. And, and, and between last week and this week, another one um, in their late 60s passed away. Uh, and uh, I know Jeff knows about both these guys, and I'm, I'm, I know there's probably somebody else uh, besides uh, Alan Rickman, who was a, not a musician, but he was a, a star, and he was in his 60s. Uh, but I'm talking about David Bowie, who passed away in, in late in his late 60s, and uh, most recently, uh, which uh, if you go down the list of songs that you've listened to, you've heard, and not realize that uh, it was a group or a, 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 
a one person who helped co co uh, found that group um wrote it and played it and sang it um I'm talking about none other uh, none other than uh, and I know Jeff knows who I'm talking about I don't know if he liked the Eagles or not I don't know if he ha- uh, was a, a Glenn Fry fan or or or, or not but uh for those who you, who saw Miami Vice uh the opening song on Miami Vice uh or or you see him driving down the uh uh highway you heard the um you belong to the city that happens to be a Glenn Glenn Fry Eagle song uh Jeff Glenn Fry and the amount of songs him and, and um and I the name escapes me Don I can't. I can't believe I can't remember this guy's last. Don Henley, yes, uh, yeah. wrote, co-wrote, or wrote um, along with the co-founding the Eagles. Um, it it was a. I wouldn't say a shock to me because uh, these guys passing away like this um, is never a shock. But it seems like the last three guys: Rickman from um, Harry Potter and, and, and Die Hard, and other films. And um, David Bowie and, and 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 now Glenn Fry, all in their sixties, uh, passing of three different eras of of either um, acting or um, musicians. Talk to me. Okay, I mean I, I could practically do a podcast on this. Um, you know, I mean a, a lot of people I know. You know, I, I grew up. Uh, you know, I don't know what they're called, big music nerd. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up, and you could probably relate to this, it was a little different than the kids now. You know, I mean, there were video games, and I had a cousin who, he was like an addict. I mean, it was like from like an SNL skit. Like every quarter, he had to piss away on video games. He was, he was a moron. <laughs> you know, I'm not kidding. I mean, and then oh, he I, goes I believe to Great it. Adventure. He goes to Great Adventure, and then he finds the one thing you got to pay these stupid boats and he's pissing away quarters on it. It's like, what are you stupid? We got free rides all over the place. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it was, he was addicted. He was, he was pathetic. So, but you know, he, the kids I knew in junior high, high school, even earlier, we talked about music all the time. You know, we bought records, listen to records. You go to friends. I'll say, what records you got? You know what I mean? It, it, right. And, and you know, not everyone was like that. But a lot of people were, and, it was, yeah. and it's funny. It was one of the few things that kind of united, my, you know, the kids in my high school, whatever, you know, because because uh, we weren't united in any way, and most kids aren't, you know. But you know, uh, you know, the rock rock music was big, and that was pretty much what I liked. And but rock is a very broad genre, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So believe me, you know, uh, you know. Talking about Glenn Fry, I mean, a lot of people I know are still losing their minds about David Bowie, you know? Right. And right. you want to go back, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this guy, a week or two before, Lemmy from Motorhead. And you might not be that familiar with him, but that guy is a heavy metal icon. And, and the, uh, you know, he, he's maybe more known for his off the stage antics than what he did musically but if you like metal the guy is very influential and he's one of these you know for lack of a better term a bad boy but a a good-hearted bad boy you know Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever hurt anybody he's kind of like I describe him like a heavy metal Keith Richards you know what I'm saying Um, right and 
you know, I think in his last few years, he was catching up with Lemmy, but he's the kind of guy who's like, hey, you play, you pay. You know, he wasn't somebody who's going to cry about it after the fact. And believe me, this guy partied hard for decades and still, you know, made it to 70, which, you know, most people aspire for a little longer. But considering how he got down, he did all right, you know. Um, and we were talking that, you know, there's, there's going to be a new super group up in rock and roll heaven. And uh, there was a popular 70s group, Mata Hoople, and their drummer, uh, Dale Griffin, just passed away. So now you got a drummer bass player, guitar player, lead singer. You got you got all four guys you need for a super group, you know. Um but you know you know, uh a couple of years ago I was watching a movie and it was it wasn't that old. I mean it wasn't what I consider old. It wasn't black and white. It was from the eighties. And I'm watching a movie and I'm thinking, Oh that person passed away. That person passed away. That person passed <laughs> yeah. away. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm at the point in my life where, almost, uh, unless the cast for juveniles, almost a lot of the TV shows and the movies, if I watch them, half the people are gone. You know, right. it, it, and I don't want to sound callous; it's just the mathematics of it. You know, um, and I was, you know, my my one friend, and he's one of these ones, you know, he's a huge music fan. And, he, and every time a celebrity passes away, you know, he's like the first guy to post it on Facebook. Him and two other guys I went to high school with are in this race. Anytime a celebrity <laughs> dies, it, it's borderline morbid. And one really? guy, this Kukuts, he posted a, a, a celebrity before the guy even passed away. Wow. And I, I, I gave him an earful, and I'm like, listen, well, you, know, I haven't, you know, I haven't been active on Facebook lately. At least if I was going to post something like that, I'd have a link to go with it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, I wouldn't post... You know, Joe Smith passed away. It would be like, you know, something from CNN or some type of news source. So at least it's not me spreading bad information. At least I have some kind of source or something to blame it on, you know. Um, And unfortunately, with Bowie, at first people thought it was a hoax. Um, But, uh, you know, unfortunately it was. I mean, he's kept a low profile for many years. Um, I think he had some heart problems. I mean, very low profile. Huge star in the 70s. Uh, and, you know, it, you know, and then his kind of star dipped a little. But the thing is, to me, it's still cool because, you know, when his career, when his sales hurt, he was still doing what he wanted to do. He was an artist. He wasn't, uh, you know, just a singer or whatever. He was a real artist. This guy really did what he wanted to do. He wasn't just trying to sell records. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure there were there were times when he was, but when push came to shove, and I guess maybe once he made it, he had a few bucks in the bank. He's like, hey, I'm going to make the music I want to make and whatever, because I think when he was very commercially successful in the 80s, he was very unhappy with that. And I think when he went in a less commercial direction, it was somewhat of a rebellion, and I think a lot of creative people do that. And uh, just a, a huge influence, and just a, like a, a real artist. Because, you know, besides, you know, I mean, he wrote a lot of his material. You know, besides singing, he played instruments, he produced. Uh, uh, you know, he worked with a lot of different artists. I mean, he was very creative in his videos, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he was a guy who wasn't going to make keep making the same record over and over. And like he even did, I I, I didn't even wear it. It's like it, he um, I know 
he did a, a an, one of his seventies album was very soul influenced, um, and uh, I heard he even appeared on Soul Train, which I think back in the seventies was pretty uncommon for a white artist, you know. But but that's who he was, and um, and, and bringing up the topic of race, which you know sometimes is relevant, you know he worked with. You know, he didn't just work with a bunch of English white guys. He worked with, um, you know, musicians of different races, nationalities. He was that kind of guy, you know. I mean, he he, he was the real deal. And he, this is amazing. And he was, you know, in early days of MTV, they had about 100 videos. Maybe about 10 of them were his. And the other, there was about 20 Rod Stewart, you know. And um, he called out MTV, hard to believe, you know, the hand that feeds you. He called them out for not playing black artists. Mm-hmm. Mo- mo- most of these entertainers are politicians. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to piss off MTV or whoever. You know, right. but that's who he was. You know, he, you know, it, it was a real artist. You know, whether you like him or not, you could say, hey, the guy had talent, and he was the real deal. You know, um, you know, uh, and you know, when he had, he was kind of. Uh, you know, in the 70s was kind of like a guy who kind of reinvented himself every year or two. New look, new sound, you know, new new whatever. Uh, kind of like Madonna, except with a lot more talent, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, he did acting. He did pretty well with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, just a, a very, very creative guy. And just just his fascinating career. I mean, in the late 70s, he did did a Christmas duet with Bing Crosby. And at the time, Bowie was pretty edgy. And, you know, Crosby was like, you know, Hollywood establishment. Boom. Mm-hmm. They did a Christmas duet and killed it, you know. Um, and uh, unreal. And, I mean, I, I was fortunate. I, I did see David Bowie in concert once. I used to go to a ton of concerts. And most people who like concerts don't care for stadium shows. I don't. Because once you can't see the artist's face, you lose something. And I don't think music was meant to be experienced in a in a football stadium. Probably the best stadium show I went to was David Bowie. It, unreal. And I think he realized when you're playing a big space, you've got to bring a little extra. So I think that's why he added backup dancers, which that's really not rock and roll, but it's good entertainment, you know. And, and he mm-hmm. put on a real extravaganza. And believe me, it wasn't like, you know, when you go to see David Bowie, someone like him, you're not paying to see, you know, four or five guys in jeans, t-ker- jeans and T-shirts staring at their sneakers all night, you know. Um, he always had good bands behind him. He always put on a good show. And then another thing about him that made him very special was, like like Prince, like Elton John, and like a few real big-time acts. He was both an artist, which I keep saying, and an entertainer. He was both. You know, because some guys are just one, really. You know what I mean? Right. Some guys, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, you know, brilliant in the studio. They're great musicians, but maybe they're not great live performers. You know, it's not their thing. Hey, that's okay, you know. But he was very much both, you know. Um, yeah, just just a really, very, very uh, talented gentleman and just a lot more than just a few hits. And he, but he did have, I think it was Diamond Dogs was – was the one, you know, soul-influenced, soul-flavored album in the 70s. And uh, my sister was a big fan back then, you know. Um, and I was kind of into some of his 80s stuff. And, you know, you know, then I got interested in other things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, you know, he's very, very, very talented. And But I told my buddy, the one who's, you know, 
been, you know, really bummed out about Bowie that, uh, and you know what his real name is? David Jones. No, what, what, what's his real name? David Jones. His real name is David Jones. And oh, really? like many entertainers change his name. And specifically when he was starting out his career, there was a Davy Jones from the monkeys. And, um, so I think, you know, his manager, the regular says, well, you know, we, you, you got to change your name. And then he named himself after the Bowie knife. I'm not sure why, but the name stuck. And, uh, and sadly, there was a third famous Davy Jones, all of whom are now gone. The third famous David Jones was Deacon Jones. His real name was David. Yeah, so, I know that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the three, and, you know, like David Jones is like Joe Smith. There's, you know, you know, probably several pages of them in a major city phone book. Um, so, but I, I told my buddy, I was like, listen, you know, I don't want to sound callous, but, you know, you know, your boys, the Rolling Stones, they're all in their seventies now. Uh, you know, the, uh, you know, especially with the lifestyle, some of these guys and, you know, Bowie did mess around with drugs, especially back in the late seventies. A lot Berlin. of them did. A lot yeah. of them did. Uh, you know, hey, a lot of people who aren't entertainers did, but the problem with entertainers, they got the budget to really get in trouble with the stuff, you know? Yeah. A lot of other yep. people could only afford to dabble. And also with, with those jobs, they really, when you're an entertainer, I think you get a longer leash, you know, um, uh, a little more leeway than regular folks. I think it's, uh, and, uh, I said, what you, I was like, listen, I hate to say it, but you know, in a few years you might lose a stone or two, you know, this guy's a big stones fan, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's sad, yeah. but you know, it, it's unfortunately, it's a fact a lot, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, you know, I, I, I hate to sound so cavalier about it, you know, but you know, so, uh, um, yeah, uh, but that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's my interpretation. So, well, well, speaking of taking it to the limit, how about this one? Yeah, we're talking about Jeff Desperado, the one you love, 
The heat is on. Love will keep us alive. Seven Bridges Road. Hell freezes over. Hotel California. Take it easy. Um, uh, you belong to the city. One of these nights. Uh, I can't tell you why. Uh, I mean, it, it goes on and on about these songs that the Eagles and Glenn Fry and, and um, Don Henley uh, wrote. And, and you know what, Jeff? Um, and these guys were, including Joe Walsh, these guys were, um, you know, at, at one at one point in time, they broke up and became stars of their own. Now, a lot of people remember Don Henley, um, Glenn Fry, but Joe Walsh was no slouch either from the Eagles too. So, um, you always say great minds think alike. These guys um, thought alike um, and uh, were great musicians and writers by themselves and a lot of people didn't like, the, I wouldn't say a lot of people but some people didn't like the Eagles because they were considered a rock band but they were like easy listening rock and uh, a lot of people um, real hard rockers some of them um, uh, really weren't into the Eagles because they were like easy listening type of rock. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, but you know, there's two ways of looking at it. You could say, well, it's easy listening rock, but then, and this is big in the entertainment world, crossover appeal. Yeah. Because they were, they weren't a country group, but they had country influences, and that really uh, helped make them a, a top act and make them appeal to a lot of people. Because I think if you're you're uh, a musician. To really get big, you got to have some kind of crossover. You really do. I mean, you, I mean, you could have a nice career, let's say, as a rock artist, a country artist, a rap artist. But if you really want to get big, you know, huge sales, and then some things that go with it, maybe some endorsements, maybe some acting. It's the crossover that makes you big. And and, and some of these artists, you, you know, not everything is going to cross over. But if you have one big crossover hit, then everybody knows who you are. You know, and I. I the example I could think of, I saw a Pizza Hut commercial with a country music artist. I think the guy's name is Blake Skelton. And it blew my mind because I'm like, unless I missed it, this guy didn't have a big crossover hit, you know. You know, so he's not a, a Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Kenny Rogers, like the one, the country artists who had the big crossovers who were able to become kind of household. And there's other, many other people in other genres, you know. Um, and... You know, the Eagles were influenced by the Birds, who kind of had that country rock thing going on. Not a mm -hmm. big thing. You see, Joe Walsh was and is a member of the Eagles, but I think they kind of made an announcement that since Glenn Fry was a founding member and they never had an Eagles without him and Henley, those are the two founding guys that I think basically right. the group is going to be uh, uh, broken up. But Joe Walsh was not an original member. They added him as a fifth member after a few years. And, you know, I was a casual Eagles fan. I liked some of their stuff. I mean, and I liked Glenn Fry more than Don Henley because, and, and I also went for their solo material, too, because mm -hmm. to me, Don Henley was much too preachy, you know. And, and Glenn Fry was more just straight-ahead, blues-based rock. Um, 
so I really, you know, and Don Henley became a huge star, and I just think, man, this yep. guy's a real preachy MF, you know, I don't like that, you know. Um, and, you know, so, you know, Don Henley, he's always talking about, you know, politics and the environment, and, you know, that's okay to a point, you know. And Glenn Fry was just making music, and pretty pretty good music, and I don't think he did the intro to Miami Vice, but he did definitely, he did... Um, uh, you were born in the city, and Smuggler's Blues was another really, really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Eagles started a great premise. Uh, I think the four original guys, besides Henley and Fry, it was uh, uh, Randy Randy Meisner on bass and uh, Don Felder on guitar, and no, not Don Felder, Bernie Leadon on guitar, and um, they had been playing behind other artists, like I think. Uh, one of them was playing uh, behind Crosby, Stills, and Nash, which is, you know, it's a pretty good gig, but mm-hmm. you don't get to write the songs and you don't get to sing lead on the songs. And they really wanted to form a group, four guys who all were going to write and sing songs and be very democratic and whatever. But then once Fry and Henley each got hits and the other guys didn't, uh, you know, uh, Henley and Fry became the front wheels, and the other two guys became the rear wheels. You know, and but that's life. You know, and that's that's well, one of the and, hard and, things about and, it. And not, not to interrupt you, and I, f- I forget which one it was, but one of them uh, uh, of the of the four um, went along with Henley and and uh, and Fry getting the, mo- the more money uh, versus the other two, and and the other one uh, resented it, stayed with the group for a while, and and then. I guess the the was too much of a conflict, and he got voted out of the group. And I'm trying to think who it was. I'm not. I'm thinking it was maybe Felder, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they did the reunion. This because this was years later. This was, and it was I think that you know the reunion tour was a big hit. And then I think after that, they decided the management said like uh, uh, Henley and Fry were going to get like the full share, and the other guys were going to get a half share, and. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, Don Felder said no, and then the two other guys taking the half share, uh, I think it was Joe Walsh and um, one of the other guys, maybe Timothy B. Schmidt, uh, you know, the bass player. Real, real good singer, too, that Timothy B. Schmidt. I think they called mm-hmm. up and said, dude, it's still good money. It's not that bad, whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, hey, it's it's a personal decision, you know. So uh, I'll tell you, I'd rather make half of a ton of money than a hundred percent of Ungats. Yeah. I mean, but you got to think that, that besides these guys being great musicians um, and, and, and some of them songwriters uh, and maybe singers, um, they have huge egos and it's that, it's that artist mentality that um, not backing down from anyone um, because, um, this is how I view it should be. Uh, it's uh, um, bite off your nose despite your face type of uh, thing. And I guess that may have happened with uh, Henley. And that's why one of the reasons why after a while it became so dysfunctional that he had to um, be put out the group and, and uh, replaced. And that's when I think when uh, Joe Walsh came in, am I right, right about that? Cause uh, Timothy B. Smith is still one of the three uh, Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about that, Jeff? Well, right. Well, it was um, Timothy Schmidt's the bass player. He he replaced the original guy, Randy Meisner, 
Okay. Uh, it was Don, Don Felder's the one who left over the money. Right. Um, and uh, Bernie Leadon is the other guitar player. Um, right. Man, you are good, Jeff. Original. You are guy. good. You are good. This you know is what we guys. talked about when I was a kid. You and, are good, you know, Jeff. I'm telling it, you. It, 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 this is what we talked about. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, believe me, I, I know the Beatles a lot better than the Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. My cousin and her husband were big fans. Um, but, you know, the thing is, it's show business. You know, it really is. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I'll give you another example. I mean, the big Van Halen reunion. You know, oops, they kind of forgot the bass player, you know, which, Mm -hmm. you know what? Okay, he he didn't write songs. Maybe he wasn't the greatest bass player in the world. You know, he wasn't, he he didn't, well, he did very good backup vocals, but uh, he didn't sing lead on any songs. But so they all can, you know, the manager and the other three guys can make more money. He got shoved out of the reunion, you know. And some of the fans didn't like it, but enough of them still showed up and paid a ton of money for the reunion concert. Boom, you know, uh, you know they, they and that guy, you know, was a good soldier through all their nonsense. You know, real loyal guy, class guy, you know, team player. But because the other cats got a chance to make a few more bucks, uh, adios, you know, um, and, and you know it, it, it happens because some some of these quote reunions. You know, it might not be, you know, and sometimes guys have problems that they pass away. Sometimes it's not four out of four or four out of five. It's just a nucleus. And, you know, it, it, and then people get ticked off. Is this really the group? But, you know, hey, they can put anything out there. You know, sometimes there's legal restrictions on the use of a name. It's up to fans to decide if they're going to, you know, show up or not. And and frequently they the fans show up, even if it's a questionable lineup, if the group is that popular if they have the main guy or at least, a, you know, a nucleus, you know? Yep. How about this one? Yeah, that's that's uh, Don Henley singing. Yep. And playing drums at the same time. Thank you. 
feast. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but they just can't. I like these songs, Jeff. Um, I'm a good stuff. No, good stuff. I'm not. A, I'm not a hard rock type of guy, but um, and um, I'm really into R&B. But there's some some groups that have the type of music that is, is uh, um, pleasurable to hear and listen to. I should say, and I may be overdoing it, but it is what it is because I really like these songs. Um, but you know this what? One, the ho- Hotel California, um, um, the, and the other ones, and I'm, gonna, I'm also, also going to play another one that you mentioned that uh, I, I like also that played on like the uh, music, Miami Vice. If you like music, you hear something outside of your you know favorite genre. Yeah, yeah. If you have sense, you say, "Hey, this is good. It's not my usual thing, but it's good." And right. you know, it, it's these are good songs, good musician. Good vocals, good production, it's all there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh... I'll tell you, I don't know if you remember this now. Bring it back to sports. Now, Glenn Fry, um, like a lot of uh, big-time rock musicians, did some acting. And, you know, he was on uh, two episodes, well, at least one episode of Miami Vice. Yes. You know, he did some other TV acting, a movie, but notably... Mm -hmm. He was the general. He played the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals in a big time movie, Jerry Maguire. That's right. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of where I saw him on film, and you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, that that, uh, that now I do remember because I, I right in the I'm picture of my mind, um, uh, Tom Cruise after uh, Cuba Gooden had a huge night. Uh, says uh, you're gonna have to pay or something like that, and gave him the money sign. And Glenn Fry says, "I know, I know." So <laughs> uh, I, I I I remember that. Oh, wow, you're right, Jeff. You're absolutely right. Um, and this is another. You uh, um, mentioned this one, and I wanted to play this one too because this is uh, this is. Probably, a, I wouldn't say a staple of Miami Vice, but this was a uh, a, a something that 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 you definitely. I don't know if it got popular because of Miami Vice, but I think it, it, it helped. Let me put it this way.
And, and the thing about this, Jeff, and I may be running in a hole, but um, when Glenn Fry passed away, and I looked at the list of songs that he made, and then I say, you know, um, Joe Walsh, and I, I saw an article on online that uh, Joe Walsh, excuse me, Joe Walsh was the true rocker out of the uh, all the uh, guys on the Eagles. And I'm saying Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh. Why do they say that? And then I went down the uh, uh, a few songs that uh, songs that Joe Walsh had played uh, and and sang, and I was surprised to see the. Um, the uh, songs, as soon as I played them, I recognized them and re- didn't, didn't realize it was Joe Walsh. Um, and uh, uh, I'm telling you, and, and I can't say it enough because the fact is when, when someone passes away, you, you, you have a tendency to take these guys for granted and, and not think about how great these guys were and the songs that they, that they uh, put out, uh, whether it was individually or collectively. Um, but then, when when they pass away, and you start reflecting on um, your, your your the past and, and the songs that you heard in the past, and not realize who was singing them until they, they passed away, and and those songs come back up to life. Um, it's uh, it, it, a true music lover, just like you said, a true music lover would know it, uh, would would uh, um, and, and would appreciate it, regardless of what genre it is. And um, uh, these guys, uh, I'm not saying they're not like the Beatles. They're not like the uh, Rolling Stones, not even close. But they individually and collectively put out a lot of good music and and, uh, was easy on a lot of people's um, ears listening to the type of music they put out. What's your thoughts? Oh, oh, definitely. And um, another... Movie reference with the Eagles. You ever see the movie The Big Lebowski? And yes. um, and the guy was yeah. saying he couldn't stand the Eagles. And, yep. and my buddy was busting me because I was kind of I, I knew the Eagles, but I was kind of ambivalent. I didn't like a lot mm-hmm. of the ballads, and and I didn't like the Don Henley solo stuff. And you know, and then what happens a lot of times, like uh, some some of the hits get overplayed. And, and in The Big Lebowski, the guy hated the Eagles and he loved Creedence Clearwater Revival. And, and my friend's like, hey, that sounds like you. you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear not you. Not quite, you know, but uh, a little bit, yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, it, not just for entertainers. It's for people you know. You just, uh, you, you know, you, 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 there's so many, and, you know, you, you really want to appreciate people when they're around. And I've had experiences with entertainers. You know, when I used to go to a lot of concerts, I heard Stevie Ray Vaughan was terrific. I knew some of his music, and I wanted to see him in concert. And my buddy, who I went to a lot of concerts, was like, "Yeah, you just want to go to concerts." I was like, "No, I'm telling you, like ten guys told me he's unreal, like uh, almost as good as Hendrix in concert." And then a year or two later, boom, dies in a tragic uh, helicopter accident. You know, and uh, I remember in the '90s, uh, you know, I was still going to a lot of concerts. I missed the concert. You want to talk about a pioneer? Uh, uh, Carl Perkins, one of the, you know, the pioneers of uh, rock, you know, best known for blue suede shoes. And it was one of those things. It was a weeknight. It was the city. And, I was, you know, probably going to two other concerts that month. So I didn't go. And then mm-hmm. I found out, yeah, like a year later, he was sick. And then he passed away. And I, went, oh, I never got to see Carl Perkins, you know. But in life, you know, you, you can't do everything. You know, you can't be everywhere, go everywhere, you know. Um, you know, you just... 
uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, a fistful of sand. You know, you can't, you can only put so much in the hand, you know? Oh, that's true. And uh, um, it's, but it, it it's good good reminiscing. Um, that mu- the music's going to be forever. So, regardless of the, if the uh, guy passed away, and uh, you'll never get a new new song from him. I'll put it that way. You still have the songs from the seventies, eighties, and, and uh, on up to um, go to YouTube or whatever to be able to um, uh, listen to it. Uh, and uh, reflect like you and I are doing right now. All right, let's do this. Let's uh, um, take a quick break, uh, gather our thoughts, um, and we're going to jump into the uh, uh, NFC and AFC championship uh, matchup that's going to take place. Excuse me, going to take place on Sunday. Um, and uh, see if we can break it down and how close we can come to predicting uh, who exactly is going to be the winner of each matchup. Um, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Just hang in there, and uh, um, we'll be right back. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FST himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash B-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the Master Plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the Master Taylor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the Master Plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the Master Plan, Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the master plan. All right, all right, all right. We are back. I am JT, a.k.a. the master. I'm joined by my team co-host, Jeff the Joker, and we make up the FSP Crew Show. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. I say that again, it's 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. Uh, we also have a chat room sitting out there. If you'd like to jump in that chat room, ask a question, make, make a statement or a comment in that chat room, you can do so. Uh, what you put in it, what's going to get out of it. All right, well, let's get back to um, um, to business here and talk about sports. Uh, 
the this matchup that the uh, uh, media craves. A lot of people are talking about this matchup. Um, with talking about Brady versus Manny or Manny versus Brady, whatever way you want to put it, um, they they uh, um, this is a replay of, of uh, this past season, Week 12, when the Broncos won 30-24 in overtime, um, um, and Manny wasn't starting; he was he was injured. Uh, Brock Osweiler was was a starter. Um, the pass were without uh, Julia Edelman. Um, but at that time, they had did have Le, 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 excuse me, Legarrette Blunt. Um, everybody knows that uh, uh, Eli Peyton Manning has been struggling this year, and the, and the Patriots looked uh, pretty good against the uh, um, the Chiefs defense. Um, the I, in my opinion, the Patriots exceeded expectations last week when they had a little trouble beating the visiting Chiefs, and the offensive line played pretty well. Uh, allowing a single sack for only the second time all year against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, who in my opinion, really disappointed me uh, in the way they played and uh, uh, managed the clock. Andy Reid, do you hear me? Um, the short yardage passage scheme came to life with uh, with Julian Julian Edelman when he uh, came when he he was playing and he back. Um, you can see the difference in the off- offense when Edelman uh, was in there. Um, um, Tom Brady uh, was a better was a was able to operate better, and he picked apart the Chiefs because they laid back, uh, trying to uh, get in dime and, and, and trying to cover the three receivers, and, and had no pass rush on Tom Brady. Um, and the fact is that the uh, 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 that game was played in, in Denver, and the Patriots are only three and four over the last road games, including week 12 loss uh, in Denver. And Tom Brady um, has a losing record playing in Denver. In Denver, um, A lot of people don't know that, but he does. Um, quite naturally, the storyline will be if, if, if Peyton Manning will go out on a high note or suffer another loss against uh, Tom Brady in, in, in the playoffs. Uh, the Broncos are in a situation where they have to start Manning, even though they had better results with Brock Osweiler. Um, against the Steelers, uh, they had a lot of drops. The receivers had a lot of drops, but a lot of people are saying that Peyton Manning uh, didn't look strong throwing the football. Um, well, guess what? And, and I will get to him, but Carson Palmer didn't look too well throwing the football either. And both those quarterbacks um, had a bye week. Uh, and, and didn't uh, have to um, could been could have been out of out of rhythm, and both of them played played at home. So well, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, I have thoughts about the Denver Broncos versus the um, uh, New England Patriots. Probably the opposite of Jeff, but I'm gonna give Jeff the opportunity to pick the winner of who he thinks is going to come out here and go to the Super Bowl Fifty. Talk to me, Jeff. We're talking about the um, uh, Denver Broncos hosting the New England Patriots, uh, probably for the last time in NFL history, Peyton Manning versus uh, Tom Brady or Tom Brady coming to, to uh, uh, battle against Peyton Manning and the Broncos in Denver. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow. I mean, look at the combined careers of uh, 
uh, Brady and Manning. And I think they're uh, casual friends, you know. I, I mean, I don't know if they hang out a lot, but they they communicate occasionally. They talk on the phone. They text, uh, you know. Uh, that's interesting. I'll tell you, I think, I mean, it's painful watching Peyton uh, at this point. And um, it, it, easier said than done. But, you know, Denver runs the ball pr- pretty well have an excellent defense, I think they have a chance. But it's hard to run the ball when you don't have a decent passing game. And those drops were disgusting. I mean, come on. I mean, it's hard enough for Peyton to get the ball out. I mean, come on. That was unreal. You know, very sad for an NFL team. But uh, they do have a chance. So. And I'll tell you, that altitude, people forget about it. And I'm sure, you know, these New England – Great coaching staff, a lot of smart players. They've dealt with it before. Don't underestimate it. That's a that's a huge home field advantage. The altitude. Okay, so what? Who do you think is going to? Who do you think is going to win this, Jeff? Uh, it sounds like you're leaning more toward the uh, um, uh, Patriots um, because they, they yeah. showed a lot better against a, a better defense versus the yeah. uh, um, Denver Broncos who are playing at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Patriots are more solid at quarterback and uh, you know on the offense, uh, but I, I, I it, it might be closer than a lot of people think because a lot of people think Denver doesn't have a chance. If Denver can run the ball with that defense, who knows? Maybe they could surprise some people. Well, Jeff, I'm going the other way. Um, I'm I, and it's not because of. Uh, it, it makes for good radio. No, I'm not doing it. I'm just going for the other way because I, I watched the whole game. Um, I know it was painful for the receivers, uh, especially for the receivers, uh, dropping a lot of balls, and a lot of balls were on time. They were there um, and, and were somewhat, a lot of them were uncontested, just plain drops. And I would have to think that with another week of practice and, and, and past the game game time um, um, speed, that these guys would get their act together. Now they lead the, um, if I'm not mistaken, they led the NFL in drops, which is not good, especially with a quarterback that is is not operating at Peyton level, the uh, uh, Peyton Manning level. Uh, so to speak. But I, I got to believe, along with the defense, uh, which I think they're going to put more pressure than uh, the um, Kansas City Chiefs did, I think they're actually going to try to put pressure on Tom Brady and, and uh, uh, try to maybe not successfully all the time, but try to disrupt the route running of Edelman, Amendola, Gronkowski, and even White coming out of the backfield. Probably won't be able to stop their routes, but just disrupt the timing and put a pass rush on uh, Tom Brady uh, and try, you know, just try to rattle rattle him, so to speak, because he can be rattled if you put enough pressure on him. And, and I think Denver is one of the best defenses in the league to do that. Um, I like Denver in this game. And I, I agree with you. I think it's, it'll be a close game, but I think Denver is it was going to surprise some people in this game uh, and win the game. Um, they can win it with Brock Osweiler. 
Um, I, I like their chances against a wily veteran who maybe have dim- diminished um, skills, but still his mind uh, with a lot of veterans, uh, whether they're quarterback or in any other position uh, with diminished skills, make up for it with their experience and, and, and the mental part of the game. I think they can, he can do it, uh, beating Peyton Manning, and to get to help this team get a win and get to uh, Super Bowl 50. With that being said, on the other side, we have, um, and, and this has never been done, and uh, I'm really interested in this matchup. Um, I don't. I think this is a marquee matchup of, of the uh, uh, two games. Uh, two Heisman Trophy winners, two first-round picks, two number one picks I'm talking about, Cam Newton out of Auburn, Carson Palmer out of USC. Heisman Trophy winners, number one picks, in the respective draft, playing each other, quite naturally, Carson Palmer is a lot older than um, Cam Newton. He traveled a uh, uh, um, a bumpy road to get to this point. Um, I, I didn't say bumpy road. I would say an unfortunate road um, and, and, and bad circumstances when, when he got injured uh, a couple of times. Um just uh, uh, got over his um, his uh, first win, playoff win last week. Um, probably could have gone even further last year if he if had not uh, sustained a ACL injury, uh, which torpedoed his team's chances of being in this situation and going further in, and possibly getting the Super Bowl Forty Nine instead of the Seattle Seahawks. But that may have helped him be the type of quarterback that he is this year um, with the experience that he he's had all these years, uh, with in, especially in that Bruce Arians type of offense. Um, I'd have to believe uh, that you got two stout defenses, uh, secondary and, and the like, that um, can play real tough defenses against the wide receivers. Um, You have uh, on one end, and and with a prolific offense, I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals, versus Cam Newton, who's all-world quarterback, um, probably the front-runner for the uh, MVP of the NFL, uh, and with a stout defense with Thomas Davis and uh, Luke Keekley and Josh Norman um, heading up the linebacking and cornerback um, uh, um, uh, core in the uh, Carolina defense. This is I'm really anxious to see all this because there's a lot of different moving parts in here, a lot of things that are uh, uh, so common on both sides of the um, – uh, to both teams that – uh, I think this is going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. I, I got to believe it, that the um, that this has got to be the makings, in my opinion, one of the best um, playoffs games um, uh, this year, quite naturally, and could be in the last few five years at least. Um, these teams are so closely uh, look alike 
uh, I'm really anxious to, to watch what these two Heisman Trophy number one pick quarterbacks have to offer and put up in this game. Talk to me, Jeff. Okay. I want to address the Heisman issue. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And then I thought and I said, the reason, I think the big reason it hasn't happened, this sounded a little surprising at first, but it wasn't, because when I was a kid and when you were a young man, the Heisman Trophy was a running back award. Now it's a quarterback right. award. Right. You know, so, I mean, there were some quarterbacks, but when I was in elementary school into junior high and so, it was like Archie Griffin, Tony Dorsett, Earl Campbell, uh, Billy Sims, Charles White, Marcus Allen, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, there was Doug Flutie, but that was an exception. Oh, um, O.J. Simpson. And, I, I hate to say yeah, that, right, but O.J. Right. Simpson. And, and there were a few guys before I was, you know, like when I was a toddler, there was Jim Plunkett. Before I was born, it was Starback. Now, mm-hmm. but the thing is then, whoever wins Arizona and Carolina, you'll have a Heisman quarterback, and that's an award. There's no expiration on that. You could be 100 years old and, and still brag about it. There's no expiration on a Heisman Trophy. It's that great of an honor. Um, so one of those Heisman quarterbacks will go to the Super Bowl, and a quarter, starting quarterback always has a good shot of being a Super Bowl MVP, especially if his team wins. Um, then there's a possibility they'll be the fifth person to ever have a Heisman Trophy and a Super Bowl MVP. The other four were Staubach, Marcus Allen, Plunkett, and the big shocker was um, Desmond Howard because he won the Heisman as a wide receiver, which is very w- rare. And won a Super Bowl MVP as a kick returner, which is also very rare. So right. you can get the fifth member of the heavy duty hardware club. Okay. So to ask, ask me this, Jeff, who do you like in this game? That's tough. You know, Carolina's been good, you know, but they've got their blemishes. Even a great team has blemishes. You know, I, I, I hope the field is in good shape. And, uh, you know, I, I think if I had to pick a – it's so tough. And, it's you know, I like both coaches. I like both quarterbacks, you know. Um, uh, you know, Arizona's got more talent at, at wide receiver. I, I, I You know, also you got all this snow coming. Uh, you know, I hope that besides the field, I hope that doesn't affect anything doing with the game. It's really tough. Uh, you know, uh uh, both teams look very strong. Carolina and New England, and I, I don't like this term because I think there's only one player left from the last time New England and Carolina played in a Super Bowl. It's So, I mean, it, so it's not a real rematch because it's only Brady because all the other players are different. But we, we could have a, a, a Super Bowl, quote, rematch, Carolina and uh, the Patriots. Okay. You know, um, I, I I I struggle with this, but I'm I'm uh, partial to a coach and a and a wire, uh, coach. Let me, let me let me back up. I struggle with this also, but I have a um, I wouldn't say a man crush, but I have a man crush on on the on the on the on the quarterback. And coach, and I gotta say that I really like uh, Bruce Arians as a coach 
and an innovative guy and a, and a self-made guy um, because the fact is it took him to age 60 or whatever to become a head coach because he didn't compromise his um, – didn't compromise. Let me put it that way. He is what he is, um, and uh, it, it, he tells it like it is with his players, with ownership or whoever. And it, I think it had it rubbed people the wrong way at times, and that's why it took him such a long time and the right owner to become a head coach. And just think about just think about this: Ben Roethlisberger, all his accolades. Bruce Arians had a lot to do with that. Um, Andrew Luck, uh, when he was with it, uh, when he uh, Andrew Luck first came out, he had a lot to do with Andrew Luck's success when he was when he was there. Um, I'm trying to think what other team he was with, was with um, uh, and uh, uh, but I can't think of it right now. Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Look at those two quarterbacks uh, when Bruce Arians was the uh, either um, the quarterbacks coach or the offensive coordinator. Um, those offenses thrived. He gets a chance to go to the Cardinals and and, and um, injects a lot of excitement from the fans with the type of offense he puts in there. Um, and when he had Carson Palmer healthy, uh, Carson Palmer was lighting it up and it limped to the playoffs. And unfortunately, um, because of quarterback play, uh, limited what he what the uh, team could do last week, uh, last year, and, and they got put out of the playoffs uh, a lot earlier than they, than they wanted it to be. Well, he's got a healthy Carson Palmer. And a guy that, in my, in my opinion, I've said this uh, for the longest um, one of the best deep ball throws in the NFL uh, when he's healthy, and he's healthy, and he is still one of the best deep ball throws in the NFL. Uh, I, I got to believe that they're going to challenge the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they're going to challenge the uh, um, uh, Carolina Panthers early and often um, and not be as conservative against the Green Bay Packers uh, versus the uh, um, Carolina Panthers. So I, I got to take uh, my man crush uh, uh, two guys, not just one, uh, Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians. I got to believe that they're going to um, go balls to the wall and, and, and um, try to get up on the uh, Carolina Panthers and try to reverse what the Panthers have been doing to teams, getting up on them and then letting teams try to catch them. Um, I think they're going to try to go up on Carolina first, quite naturally. And, and then play tough defense and, and see uh, how it may fall. Now, true, they're playing in Carolina. True that it's probably going to be some type of inclement weather. I don't know if it's going to be like uh, what's supposed to be projected for the East Coast, um, the heavy snow. Um, but uh, I, I imagine it's going to be cold and chilly and wet. Uh, we'll have to see. Carson Palmer and, and company can deal with that. Uh, coming from the nice uh, confines of Arizona to uh, Carolina and playing that uh, and play Carolina, Carolina defense and Cam Newton's offense, but I like I like uh, uh, um, the Cardinals in this. So Jeff, uh, just it's ironic we didn't plan it like this. It's ironic that we're on both on the opposite sides on um, of the fence on both of these games. You like uh, the Patriots, I like Broncos. You like the Carolina Panthers. I like the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one of us is going to be right, um, and the other one isn't. Or one of us is going to be half right, and the other one won't be. I mean, will be. So, whatever. 
Um, we come to the end of the show. In fact, we're in overtime right now. You got anything to say before we get out of here? Um, well, it's been real. Maybe uh, I'll call Sunday. Maybe we could talk some more music or something. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, I, I love music. I, I grew up on uh, the classic oldies and the vocal groups, but then I graduated mm-hmm. to rock and then metal. But I, but I always, if I like something, years later, I still I still usually like it. You know, even if I move on. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, Buffalo Bills hired first uh, full-time woman assistant coach uh, Catherine Smith. Yep. And yep. Uh, Giants speaking with uh, Mike Singletary to be their new linebacker coach. Maybe he could uh, beat some sense into uh, the ballerina girl David Beckham. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I think the NFL. I think they want uh, a Brady Cam Newton uh, Super Bowl. They want the pretty boys. I think you know. And it, we don't talk much tennis, but there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, fixed tennis matches. Uh, not looking good for that sport. Well, that's crazy. Hey, you know what I want to ask you? I, I meant to ask you last week. I want to. I'm going to ask you this week. Do you think Steve Spagnuolo still should be the defensive coordinator of the Giants? Well, I don't like to say a man should get fired, but common sense probably not. You know, and I liked him, but the past two years that defense has been pitiful. But hey, then maybe they need to get rid of Jerry Reese because they don't have a heck of a lot of talent. And they used to have just draft one great pass rusher after another. And uh, unfortunately, due to the injury to JPP, uh, they don't have any more pass rushers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Steve Spagnola should consider himself lucky. So. Well, let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. He, he spent uh, at least one year in, in New Orleans, and that that uh, defense was hot garbage. And now he he's been over with the Giants again, and that defense um, for the last couple of years has been hot garbage. You you think it's the personnel versus the scheme, or or what? Well, got a lot to do with it, you know, like. Uh... Hey, like many successful managers and head coaches, Sparky Anderson would always give his players the credit. And he was considered a great manager, but he always said, hey, no, no manager is going to win with dogs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just, just had to put it out there because, uh, um, I mean, he he's uh, – I think he's living on, on, on borrowed time. Let me put it that way. I think it's put up or shut up, shut up this year. Um and I really got to believe that. All right. Anything else you want to uh, say before we get out of here, Jeff? Oh, oh, thanks for joining, and uh, catch you next week. All right, people. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, tune in next week, 8 p.m., where we'll have the uh, um, principles of who's going to be in Super Bowl 50 um, on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is where we'll be. Uh, it'll be the FSB Cruise Show. Tune in on Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where uh, Vic and I will be uh, uh, talking uh, sports and uh, the like uh, and about the matchups that are going to take place on Sunday. That's Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time will be the FSP show. And quite naturally, on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you never know what I'm going to talk about. I talked last week about um, my predictions of running back and, and – uh, 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 wide receivers last year. I mean, last week, um, and uh, I, I winded up and and, and uh, with the tight ends. 
on my projections of what, who I thought would be the top 25, I think 25 tight ends and, and how well I did. Um, and all, whatever else, we could talk about music, we could talk about anything, talk about the matchups uh, again on Sunday. Uh, that's the uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the morning to be in a master plan. That's me, and that's what I'll be. Um, so with that, be said, with that being said, take care. Uh, for those who are in the um, east coast, um, southern parts of the state, or wherever that the, the, the snowstorm may be hitting, uh, be safe. Um, buy your groceries. Make sure you got a, enough of all the essentials uh, because you never know what may happen. Electricity may go down. Who knows? You need heat. Hopefully if you have uh, some, some uh, backup plan. Talk to you later. See ya. Yeah. Smith's the encore. Fantasy sports and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy sports and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site. You can listen tonight. Talk about the game. Who in first place? You can even call up. State your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew.